Greetings and welcome to episode 142 of Game Chat with Borna. My name is Borna. I'm going to be your host today. And we're going to be talking about the last seven days, the last week of gaming news, ranging from everything from what Power Watch Simulator to Valve to Phil Spencer and the Microsoft fiasco with the FTC and the whole Activision acquisition. Lots of juicy news coming out this week. Uh, in terms of games that I've been playing, I've been playing quite a bit of Minecraft Seven Days to Die. And, of course, Final Fantasy 16, man. I talked about Final Fantasy 16 on the last show, and uh, we were discussing the, the whole thing about this is not my Final Fantasy. And it, it turns out that there, there's a lot of that still going on and uh, a lot of split between the, the communities and uh, just what is a real Final Fantasy. It's just really, really interesting. But I am taking it slow. A lot of people have finished Final Fantasy 16. I haven't. I'm still... I'm doing all the side quests. I'm trying to look at the lore and stuff. I'm just really enjoying the ride. So I'm, I'm, I don't want it to end. I've been telling people I don't want the journey to end. I just want to keep playing that game. And when it's over, I'm probably, probably going to do New Game Plus. So we'll see. So let's get to this week's news. And for our first story, we're going to be talking about Power Wash Simulator. Power Wash Simulator. This is a game that took the Steam and PC gaming industry, just, just, just washed us away. <laughs> this power wash simulator is exactly what the name says you are simulating power washing and cleaning various objects and things playgrounds and trucks and and all kinds of things it, it, it's really a satisfying game and uh I, even when i was streaming it on my live stream one time somebody came by and was like why don't you just do this in real life and i just looked at them and i said no that was the end of that but anyway, Power Wash Simulator has had some uh, some add some added content, some uh, additional content that's been added for free, and uh, it was in the the form of some titles and sister titles from Square Enix, which is the publisher behind this. And they had the Final Fantasy VII set, and they also had Laura Croft from Tomb Raider, her house that you could just clean for absolutely free. This is the, this is going to be the first paid DLC for Power Wash Simulator, I think. It's going to fit perfectly because it is from SpongeBob SquarePants. Now I know what you're thinking. Squ SpongeBob is underwater, Buona. What do you mean you're going to power wash things underwater? Listen, we've seen fire in SpongeBob. We've, we've seen wind. We, we've seen all kinds of crazy things that you probably wouldn't see under the sea. But you know what? We got a sponge living in a pineapple talking to a starfish and a squid and a crab. So no, they're cooking burgers underwater. We can ex we su we can suspend reality just for a little bit, and we can power wash some pineapples under the sea. SpongeBob SquarePants, seven pounds, eight euros, eight dollars. You can have this in your own uh, house <laughs> to to have fun and power wash your own things. It's it's pretty crazy that. Uh, this game is taking off the way this is so satisfying and it's such a simple, simple premise and everybody loves it. Like, I can't think of anybody who's like, nah, that game stinks. It's ugly. It's stupid. Why would you spend money on that? It's, it's oddly satisfying. And the fact that they, they're, they're offering paid DLC and they're partnering with SpongeBob is a good sign of the future of the game. So check it out. Over on Rock, Paper, Shotgun, they got the details. Power Wash Simulator. Under the sea. It's a thing. And for our next story, we're going to be talking about Valve and Steam. And this story came by way of Tom's Hardware. Valve bans games from using copyright infringing AI art. Now, this is a very, very hot topic on some blazing and bleeding edge technology. 
in the form of AI generated art assets. And you, this, this is something that's really cropping up all over the place. So Valve has stepped in and they are now banning any games or any listings on Steam that are using AI generated art that is generated from copyrighted images. Now you see these these sites like Midjourney and other sites out there like that where you can say, I want to, to generate Iron Man attacking Superman or something like that. And it looks just like copyrighted stuff of you know, the MCU's Iron Man fighting, maybe, you know, the Man of Steel Superman, and boom, you've got some unique art based on copyrighted images. That's just one example. But Valve is saying that uh, they, they want these art assets to be coming from sources that are not copyrighted. Um, this guy who, uh, who got banned, Potter Harry, <laughs> 97, pretty original name, he was trying to publish a game on Steam with two or three AI-generated assets that he thought would pass inspection. However, when Valve contacted them, say it could not ship the game due to copyright issues with the AI-generated art in the game, saying that the art assets appear to be relying on copyrighted material owned by third parties. As the legal ownership of such AI-generated art is unclear, we cannot ship your game while it contains these AI-generated assets. So this is a this is going to be something you're going to see a lot of because a lot of these these modern developers and a lot of people who are just coming out of school or even some of the old school developers, they're starting to leverage a lot of this AI generated stuff, whether it be chat GPT code, whether it be uh, AI generated art, some 3D modeling generated stuff there's there's being AI generated stuff all over the place. And Valve is saying, OK, if you're going to be doing copyrighted based stuff, uh, we can't use that. And a lot of these language models out there, they're sourcing from copyrighted stuff, and it's kind of a big deal. Um, so based on Valve's response, developer must effectively own the rights to all source material that is actually used to train the AI. Now, some people think it's just that people are complaining that, you know, the AI is doing better than, you know, the original stuff or the AI is doing better than, you know, what a normal person would do. But the problem is, is that you're training the AI based on stuff that they shouldn't be, arguably shouldn't be using. Uh, like for example, some people are getting upset, like Getty Images is currently suing Stability AI for using its images as training data without permission. And a group of independent artists are suing over unauthorized use of their images. Now there is some, some, some ray of hope here because Adobe, with their Firefly product, they are using images from their own sourced images. They have a whole library of images and, and videos and stuff that they have uh, from its own collection that, you know, if you subscribe to Adobe stuff, you have access to. So their stuff is only being sourced from that. So that's a pretty controlled environment, which I think would probably pass muster with somebody like Valve. But everybody else, like if you're using Midjourney, if you're using Stable Diffusion, if you're using a lot of these really, 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 really popular AI generation things, they are using data from copyrighted sources. So you got to be careful where you use that. Even though Midjourney may say, hey, you can use this for whatever you want, somebody may come after you once they find out you're using Midjourney and say, hey, this resembles or this has some assets or this is, has some kind of similarity to what I've already made. And guess what? Midjourney probably trained from my image. This is a weird thing to get around and it's going to be hard to enforce because AI is a whole new a whole new frontier that we really don't have a lot of knowledge about yet. And uh, it's kind of scary and it's kind of 
it's, it's, it's going to be making people rethink how they produce content. You know, you're going to save a lot of time. That's why people love AI out there. There's like, it saves me so much time. I can iterate on code. I can iterate on images. I can have something to start with, blah, blah, blah. But the, the techniques that these language models are using is questionable because they're training them using stuff that people made and is copyrighted. So laws are going to have to catch up really fast. That's why a lot of people like myself think, I think a lot of this AI stuff needs to slow down so that we can, you know, catch up with it. Because you, we found out through, through DMCA that if you move too fast and the laws can't catch up, people are going to panic and they're going to create something stupid. And we're stuck with the DMCA because the technology moved faster than, you know, how fast we could deal with it, you know. So you need to slow this stuff down is what I'm saying. And Valve is banning games. They're like, no, you just can't use it. Probably going to be other stores and other outlets out there to follow suit because this is kind of all still in court. But uh, I imagine copyright holders, you know, that's their livelihood. Even though some of them may be in, invalid, some of them may not be proper or whatever. Some people, you know, like myself, I hate false copyright claims, but the legit ones I respect. And uh, these, these are people, people's livelihoods. And if these AI uh generators are just going to take my art and you know use it to churn something else out and my art becomes pointless then that's not a good thing so check it out over on tomshardware.com they got the details the ai battle starting in the gaming front it's coming i told you i actually didn't but i told you maybe i did i don't know next story please and for our next story we're going to talk about microsoft and the ftc thing that's going on this is already over by the way the the, the judge is ruling on what's going to happen so uh, what I'm talking about here with Phil Spencer and Microsoft is, you know, is in the past, but I thought it was an interesting topic, but uh, we're still waiting on the verdict on that. But this story over on PCGamer.com talks about how Phil Spencer says that Microsoft bought Bethesda to prevent Starfield from being PlayStation exclusive. Huh. That's something. You bought an entire company because you didn't want Starfield to be a PlayStation exclusive. Now, let's read into the nitty gritty of this because there's probably something we're missing here. It can't be that simple. So it says during the hearing for the FTC's current case against Microsoft, Xbox's Phil Spencer explained that apart. Nah, they left that word out in the title. A part of the reason the company bought ZeniMax Media, the holding company that owns Bethesda Softworks, which, you know, makes the games we're talking about, was the fear, fear is bad, fear is the mind killer, that Starfield might not come to Xbox. Hmm, Bethesda had made a time exclusivity deal with Sony for two of its other games, which would keep them off Xbox a year until a year after release. Now, we saw a lot of that over the years, so this definitely makes sense. Now, here's the big quote here. <clears throat> When we acquired ZeniMax, one of the impetus was for that, for that, is that Sony had done a deal for Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo to pay Bethesda to not ship those games on Xbox. The, the whole era of time exclusives, I remember it. I don't like it, but we dealt with it. Both sides did it. Let's make that clear. So the discussion about Starfield, when we heard that Starfield was potentially also going to end up skipping Xbox... We can't be in a position as a third place console where we fall further behind on our content ownership. So we had to secure content to remain viable in the business. So in essence, they couldn't compete with Sony with these uh, these year exclusive deals for whatever reason. 
And the only way to do that, the only way to get around that, or one of the ways to get around that was to just buy the company so that you can just block the whole thing from happening because you own the company. And finally, he says down here, there's some more stuff talking about how Sony, you know, captures 30% of revenue, blah, blah, blah. Uh, when something, when PlayStation ships or when Xbox ships something on uh, PlayStation. But he ends that by saying, we try to compete. But as I said, over the last 20 years, we failed to do that effectively. Now, I really wish I can go back in time and I can take this quote when Phil got on stage and his predecessors got on stage and talked about how Xbox is owning the market here and all that marketing speak where they just were huffing and puffing about their exclusives. Exclusive that another exclusive, another exclusive. They weren't crying about PlayStation then. Right. So the fact that they're trying to get this acquisition of Activision Blizzard and they're they're essentially crying is what I'm seeing here. That Sony wasn't playing fair. That they were getting all the exclusivity deals and we weren't. So we just ended, we just bought the company. And here's the thing. This whole court case is about them buying another company. So I guess the rationale is we can't compete with exclusives. So we're just going to buy all the companies. I, I've been saying this on my Discord and I've been saying it everywhere else. This, this industry right now is a clown show. It is a dun 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 It is a clown show. What is going on, man? What is happening? I, I really, I respect Phil Spencer. Don't get me wrong, because I like where he's taking the whole Xbox ecosystem. I love that he's including PC in a lot of things. The idea of Game Pass, I don't like, but I do recognize that it is a value proposition for a lot of gamers. It's a, it's a valuable thing to have access to a lot of games, to try new games. But I don't like the idea of renting games. I don't like the idea of, paying a fee to have access to games and then as soon as you stop paying the fee you can't play the games anymore i don't like that i never did like that and i'm never gonna like it but i do like the idea of the value that it could possibly provide to people who just want to try a couple games and then stop as something sustainable over a year or two it becomes woefully it becomes very very obvious that this is a ripoff you are buying 10 games 20 games to play three it really it, you you if you analyze about people use game pass and how much they play and how much they keep playing you are really paying microsoft that amount of money per month to have a demo type of a field like you're gonna i'm gonna try this i'm gonna try that i'm gonna try this i'm gonna try that but how many of those games are you actually gonna stick with now the the inverse of that argument is that okay you're gonna buy games at full price and do the same thing so you're gonna spend a lot of money there too but when you analyze that over time and you're probably going to see something that you don't want to see. You're going to see that you're spending a lot more money on Game Pass and you're not actually playing the games on there. Because that, that, that original luster of all these games wears off really fast. So you're like, okay, what's coming to Game Pass in six months? Hmm, I'll play that when that comes out in six months. Meanwhile, you're not playing anything on Game Pass. So you go six months giving them whatever months you, that you've bought two games right there of doing nothing to try a game that you probably won't even like. It's just... It's long-term investment that I, I think where Game Pass really suffers. Like I said, I, I like where they're trying to, to offer the value, but the idea behind that, I just can't get behind. So I like what Phil is doing with that. I like what he's doing with the PC gaming market, and you know he's expanding that. 
But at the same time, this just seems like a bunch of crying. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to say that Sony wasn't right here because they probably weren't. They were playing hardball. Xbox was playing hardball, too. And they got their butt kicked multiple times. Despite what Xbox fans will tell you, oh, we won this gen. We won this gen. They just told you that they've, in this court, under oath, Phil just said they lost for 20 years. That they couldn't compete for the last 20 years. So every single console argument for the last 20 years, Phil is basically telling y'all that, yeah, that the Xbox failed. Like, can we, can we just go to all those old arguments about Xbox versus PC and just apply that and see what people say? Because I'm not completely buying it. You know, they can, they can sit here and say that, you know, we weren't competing and Sony was unfair and blah, blah, blah. I actually think they were competing. I actually think that they could do these things. I actually think they had the games and they had the hardware to do it. They just failed in a lot of ways. But so did Sony. Sony wasn't perfect. Sony had a lot of mishaps. They had a lot of blunders. But they kept going. And they didn't go and try to buy Activision Blizzard, even though Sony did make some first-party acquisitions. I'm not going to say they're wrong about that. Uh, Sony did make some first-party acquisitions that were very, very timely and very lucrative. And I think that's why Microsoft panicked is because they were going that route, buying first-party studios. And it's like, when you do that, you can't compete. It's like they bought the studio. You can't even get the, uh, the you can't even get the exclusivity period or anything like that. So Microsoft just answered with the Zenimax acquisition, and now they're trying to do it again with the Behemoth. the The first party titles or the first party studios that Sony bought in the past, they pale in comparison to an Activision Blizzard acquisition. The Activision Blizzard acquisition is just so big that you can't put it in the same category. This is massive. The Activision, now, we're, not talking about, we're not talking about ZeniMax and, uh, and, and Elder Scrolls and, and Bethesda, because that's, that's the subject of this. But the whole entire trial is to determine if the Activision Blizzard acquisition should go through. That's a massive one. You're talking about Activision Blizzard. That's Call of Duty, that's World of Warcraft, and that's some, some mobile games. That make billions. So I think Microsoft is a little desperate here. I don't think, I really don't think they have this argument that they're making is effective. That whole poor Sony did this and Sony did that. And so, no, you're trying to buy a mega gaming company and you're trying to say that you couldn't compete without that. And I'm not buying it. I think you could compete. I think you were doing. I think you were doing pretty decent for a while. You had your flaws, and so did Sony. But I think now you're in a position where Sony's snatching up first-party studios, and so are you. But they're doing a better job at it. They're, they're, they're doing a better job of buying up studios. So what are you going to do, Phil? What are you going to do? Try to buy something super huge like Activision Blizzard? Activision Blizzard? Well, people stepping in and go, well, that's just a little bit too big, Phil. You might want to step it down a little bit and buy somebody a little bit smaller. So check it out. Over on PCGamer.com, they got the details. Phil Spencer says Microsoft bought Bethesda to prevent Starfield from being PlayStation exclusive. But are they just making excuses here or should they try to find some other way to compete? What should they do? I don't know. 
And for our next story, we're going to talk about Call of Duty, Call of Duty. And in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, cheating has become a big, big problem, even in Warzone 1. And now in Warzone 2, cheating is a big, big deal. But uh, the guys over there at the Call of Duty and Activision, they are they're making some strides. Uh, they've done some really cool stuff. One of the things that they did in the past was that they uh, they made players be unable to see their targets if they were suspected of cheating. And also, you take their guns away. They just yoink their guns away. It's just like, oh. So they've been getting really creative. I've been a big fan of like, um, I've been a big fan of like putting cheaters on servers with other cheaters, put them in like what we, what we call like cheater, cheater jail. And they just play with a whole bunch of cheaters and everybody's wall hacking and aimbotting each other, but they're all cheaters and it really doesn't mean anything. So I like those kinds of things as well. But this story over in Gadget talks about how Call of Duty is using clones of real players to mess with cheaters. They're using what they call hallucinations. I wonder if they got some StarCraft people involved. Those were hollow, you know. <laughs> that hey, that's a that's a Idra, Idra. Uh, what's what's the guy's name? Oh, I forgot the guy's name. StarCraft reference. Uh, y'all y'all tell me in chat who it was. But here's a quote: When Activision systems detect or suspect a cheater, a hallucination may be deployed. These won't impact legitimate players at all, and they're designed to disorient hackers. Here's the really clever part. Each hallucination is a clone of a real player in the match, according to the Ricochet Anti-Cheat team. Hallucinations move, look, interact with the world just as a human player would to trick the cheater into thinking that they've encountered a genuine opponent. Oh, this is so good. Hallucinations emit the same kinds of hidden information that cheaters receive for legitimate players through their illicit tools. So... If you got wall hacks, you'll be seeing hallucinations through walls as well as real players. Hallucinations will also be deployed close to suspected cheaters if a shady-looking player interacts with a hallucination at all, and then boom, they'll out themselves as a hacker. So this is one of the many anti-cheating techniques that the guys over at Call of Duty are using. And I, I got to say, this one's pretty creative. I didn't think of this. I like the idea of putting them on their own server, but I didn't think of this. And another thing the story talked about was like this thing called quicksand. I didn't know about this. It's called quicksand. And if you were suspected of cheating, you would be you would move slower. As yeah, like it was called quicksand. And oddly enough, it would slow down a Call of Duty cheater and freeze them in place. It could mess with their control scheme as well. <laughs> this feels like some sort of a troll that you, your Twitch chat would do to you during the game. Like they give you 100 bits and reverse your controls or something. Oh man, but they put they put quicksand on the shelf. It'll be updated later. Uh, but yeah, they, they're getting really creative over there. Uh, Ricochet has been doing some good work. I hope it translates to other games such as like Tarkov because you know there's some games out there that are, we think are really good, but they're ruined by cheaters. And Tarkov is one of those games where you're like, man, I'm having fun until I encounter a cheater. Whoops, there's a cheater. I'm not having fun anymore. And Warzone was like that too. I haven't played Warzone in I don't know how long. I have not. I haven't even touched Warzone two. Uh, I played a little bit of Warzone one, and uh, my my encounter with cheaters was limited because I was pretty bad anyway. So when I died, I just said, well, whatever. I died. But I, I used to watch. Uh, I used to watch some content creators play, and they would. Oh man, they, they would spectate cheaters, and it was. It felt like I was back in Modern Warfare, the original Call of Duty four. Modern Warfare during this is cheat heyday where you see people run around with a sniper and just go pop, 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 and just like snap the people headshots all over the server. 
I got a YouTube video. I might I might be able to dig up that YouTube video and show you guys where I did the same thing in Call of Duty 4 where I was spectating this guy basically running around headshotting people. Oh man, it was it was ugly. It was ugly. Check it out. Over in the gadget.com, they got the details. Call of Duty and Ricochet are coming up with some really creative measures to combat cheaters. And this one is called Hallucinations. And for our next story, we're gonna talk about BattleBit Remastered. I love this shooter. I love this shooter. I love this shooter. I love this shooter. <laughs> BattleBit Remastered. If you don't know what this game is, it is a massively big shooter, uh, much like Battlefield, where you got like a hundred plus people on one side and a hundred plus people on the other side with tanks and helicopters and you just shooting each other and trying to capture points and whatnot. So BattleBuilt Remastered is has taken the hearts of a lot of Battlefield players like myself because it runs really well and is very fun to play. Something that Battlefield has been struggling with in one form or another. Recently with 2042, you either had performance problems or you just didn't have fun. So it's, it's solved those problems. Their early access report has come out from June 15th to June 30th. And it's some very interesting uh, tidbits in here. Uh, most notably, they said, we became the best-selling game on Steam and our record high concurrent player count blew away our expectations, blew our expectations out of the water. So I was very, very proud of this game. Again, it's only $15 if you haven't seen this. Only $15. So the first week, oh, man. It was smooth, and I, I got to agree with this. They said it was smooth. We didn't have too many server issues. But here's the thing that I thought was surprising. They say here, we received a significant number of DDoS attacks on all of our servers continuously, some of them literally, literally a day long. However, we were prepared beforehand. In current year, a company was prepared beforehand for DDoS attempts? In current year? Our firewall caused sporadic packet losses here and there, but no major issues arose. Isn't that great that a small development team can be prepared for a massive DDoS attack all day for multiple days and you the players don't see any impact? Because I played during the I played during lunch week and I can attest. That's what hooked me on the game. I was like, it runs so well. The game runs so well. How do you like BattleBit? It runs so well. <laughs> That's what everybody was saying. It just runs so well. Now, the second week, this is where we started to see issues, and it's kind of been confirmed in their post here. A determined group of individuals, why, who previously failed to take down our servers, found a weak point in our firewall, and started attacking any server they wanted using this weakness. They also started DDoSing servers that content creators were in to inflict as much damage to the BattleBit reputation as possible. It's like, why? That's like the first question you ask. Like, how, how sad do you, of an individual do you have to be that not only do you need to project something on someone else to ruin their fun, but you're following a content creator around to ruin the game for them. And I know there's 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 varying degrees of, of different motivations behind people like they they're a lot of times, man, it's about people and their friends, their friends, their friend is addicted to battle bit and is not playing Apex Legends with them anymore. So I got to do something about this. Hello, DDoS Incorporated. Oh, we got a live one for you. I don't understand. 
we need to DDoS it so my friend can come back and play with me. Or I just hate that this game is hype. So I'm gonna unhype it. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna knock it into the ground because I don't like this game. For whatever reason. So we're gonna DDoS it. Or I hate everybody. And I just wanna see the world burn. So burn servers, burn. It's like all these different reasons that you can possibly come up with that that people might be doing this for. They're all they're all around just sad individuals. Like, why? And this is the sad part for the people who are enjoying the game. As a result of these attacks on our game servers, our server schedule system also malfunctioned. 900 people waiting in queue, etc., which significantly affected our development. This is the part that makes me mad. We had to focus all of our efforts. I put all of our efforts in there. We had to focus on collecting attack data, analyzing it, and working to fix this flaw in our firewall. So instead of the planned improvements, the quality of life improvements, the maps, the weapons, and all that stuff that you know we're we're waiting on to come, they're trying to fix these these stupid people's DDoS attacks. So we're suffering. I know a lot of people are like Bona, Why are you getting mad? You know, it's, it's just DDoS. And, you know, we're suffering. We gotta wait now. Because these idiots. In conclusion, we patched our firewall, monitored the attacks, and confirmed that the weakness in our firewall is indeed fixed in NAEU, AS, and AUS. Future plans include they're going to add new weapons, gadgets, maps, and remakes of existing maps, new game modes, introduce community servers with dedicated game modes, maps, and tweak game mode rules. Based on the ad man's preference, all is going to be glorious. Oh, it's going to be glorious. I can't wait, man. This is going to bring me back to the old Battlefield days. It's going to bring me back to the old, just the old shooter days of private servers and new modes and rules. And, and you know, you're going to have your, your idiot admins, of course. But uh, the fact that you can run your own community server with your own game rules and have a hardcore mode or have some other mode or, you know, some sort of a milsim mode or... Just have a, uh, I don't know if they can give you a big head mode. That'd be funny. Um, but, you know, have like a quick match. Like it only lasts 10 minutes and whoever has, you know, the least amount of tickets uh, loses and that kind of stuff. So many different things you can do, man. And so it's just the future for this game is so bright and I'm so excited. But you got the idiots, man. Why do people want to DDoS? Why do people want to ruin other people's fun? It's such a, it's a dilemma, man. I don't understand it. There's some people with some deep-rooted issues that I don't know if they can solve in time. Because at this point, I think some of these people are either young adults. I don't think they're kids. A lot of people like saying, oh, they're kids. They're kids. They're kids. No, I think these people are well into their 20s, probably in their 30s. I think they're established. And I think they're just they're just acting out as adults with money. That's what happens, man. Check it out. On SteamPower.com, the early access dev report for BattleBit Remastered is out. And it, it, it sheds some light on some sad situations, but the good news is that the devs are working hard and uh, they got some really cool things coming in the future. And that concludes this episode of Game Chat 1. I want to thank you all for listening to the show. Make sure you subscribe to my YouTube at youtube.com slash one. Also, this will be available on Spotify, so you can subscribe over there as well. I also want to take this time to thank my patrons at patreon.com slash Buona. Thank you so much for your continued support. You can do, you too can support this effort. I highly encourage you to. You can also support me by going to ko-fi.com slash Buona and contribute at any time towards my various goals that I have up. Or if you just want to contribute monetarily, that's a great way to support me as well. We stream almost every day on YouTube, Kick, and on Twitch. So 
No, stay abreast of our schedule. We stream every day on the other platforms like YouTube and Kick, but on Fridays we stream on Twitch and we have a lot of fun. So join our community. You can join us at discord.gg slash Buona and I encourage you all to do so. All right, take care of yourselves. Have a great week and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.